Welcome back everybody to the Luke Beasley Show. I hope you're doing great on this Thursday. We have a wild show to get into, lots of humongous Donald Trump news, uh, so we'll be discussing a lot about that. Uh, but before we do so, please, if you're a podcast listener and you listen on any platform that has a rating or review function, go ahead and do that. It helps the show. Uh, let me know what you think. And with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our first story. Things are not looking good for Donald Trump. We got some huge news that Attorney General Letitia James out of New York filed a lawsuit against Donald Trump, his kids, in regard to their fraudulent financial business practices. So we're going to be discussing that. And on top of it, at a similar uh, kind of time, so this is all happening at once, that's why it kind of feels like a walls closing in type moment, the DOJ's appeal to continue their investigation was successful. So we, we'll give you the specifics on that in a second here. But first, uh, Attorney General Letitia James has been doing this investigation for a super long time into the business practices of Donald Trump, his kids, etc. And we've been hearing about it. We knew it was going on. But now, finally, she's actually announced her lawsuit Um Crazy stuff. So reading about it, and then we'll look at her um, actual announcement in video form, reading from CBS. Former President Donald Trump's legal troubles mounted Wednesday as New York Attorney General Letitia James sued him for years of alleged financial fraud and inflating his net worth by billions to enrich himself and cheat the system. Three of Trump's adult children were also named in the civil suit, which seeks to remove the entire family from their roles in the Trump organization. She accused them of staggering fraud staggering fraud uh indeed at least that's what's being in uh, alleged and then here's her announcing this lawsuit following a comprehensive three-year investigation by my office including witnesses interviews with more than 65 witnesses and review of millions of documents that were submitted by mr trump and others i am announcing that today we are filing a lawsuit against donald trump for violating the law. The complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. He did this with the help of the other defendants, his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump and former Trump Organization CFO Alan Weisselberg and Trump Organization controller Jeffrey McConney. Mr. Trump and the Trump Organization repeatedly and persistently manipulated the value of assets to induce banks to lend money to the Trump Organization on more favorable terms than would otherwise have been available to the company, to pay lower taxes, to satisfy continuing loan agreements and to... Okay, we'll stop it there. But uh, one of the activities that is alleged and that we've uh, discussed before is this overvaluing of his assets whenever it was time to get a loan to say, hey, I'm, you know, I should be able to qualify for uh, a better loan and then undervaluing it whenever it was time to pay taxes. Uh, but then here's Trump freaking out on True Social about this. Another witch hunt reading from his true social account by a racist attorney general Letitia James who failed in her run for governor getting almost zero support from the public and now is doing poorly against law and order AG candidate highly respected Michael Henry I never thought this case would be brought until I saw her bad poll numbers she is a fraud who campaigned on a get Trump 
uh, platform, despite the fact that the city is one of the crime and murders the disasters of the world under her watch. He continues on to say, Attorney General Letitia Peekaboo James, a total crime-fighting disaster in New York, is spending all of her time fighting for very powerful and well-represented banks and insurance companies who were fully paid, made a lot of money, and never had a complaint about me, instead of fighting murder and violent crime, which is killing New York State. The funny thing is, framing as just a, uh, as a defense of the banks and insurance companies is really funny, because if you're doing things to pay less in taxes, that's a, a citizen concern. You know what I mean? That's hurting the average taxpayer, um, in theory, which is killing your state. She's a failed AG whose lack of talent in the fight against crime is causing record numbers of people and companies to flee New York. Bye bye. So that's Trump's response. He's definitely quite, uh, in a panic, we'll say. So that's the lawsuit out of New York being announced. And then similar time, again, not a good last, uh, few days for Donald Trump. The, 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals granted the Justice Department access to continue their investigation. So pretty much, uh, if you remember, the Trump team filed to have a special master take a look at the material that had been gathered in the FBI raid of his Mar-a-Lago residence. And so with that came a complete halt to the investigation in regard to those materials because the special master was seeing if uh, certain aspects of it were privileged, shouldn't be a part of this investigation. So it had to come to a halt. And we talked about how legal experts, um, I'm trying to make the segment not too long if you notice I'm <laughs> talking quickly, I think. Uh, legal experts said there really wasn't any reason that the special master would be necessary. This isn't a good call on the behalf of this particular judge who ruled that. But then the DOJ said, okay, we're going to appeal to try to continue our investigation and overturn the result of that one judge. And here is the result of that reading from ABC. A panel of judges on the 11th U.S. Court, uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has granted a request from the Justice Department to stay portions of a ruling by U.S. District Judge uh, Cannon that had effectively paused the government's investigation into former President Donald Trump's potential mishandling of classified records after leaving office. The three-judge panel, this is interesting, comprised of two Trump appointees and a Barack Obama appointee, ruled unanimously on Wednesday that the Justice Department is no longer enjoined from the investigating, uh, from investigating the documents with classification markings that were recovered from Mar-a-Lago and will no longer have to submit those materials to Special Master Ray Deary for his review. So the part that was slowing down and halting the investigation has now been tossed out by this three-judge panel two of which were Trump appointees, and yet still they said, yep, uh, let it continue. There's no need. There's no legal uh, nece- you know, necessity for this special master to be a part of this process, so continue on. Wow. Things are uh, going towards the direction of justice, I would say, which is not the direction that Donald Trump would hope, and we're going to get to in the next segment Donald Trump doing an interview with Sean Hannity, and he's just, he's melting down, guys. It's not looking good at all for him, and he knows it. But, um, wow. I think for me, this is such a profound moment because for all of the time that we've watched Donald Trump and the wrongdoing that he's been a part of, I've kind of come to accept, or I did previously, that there probably wasn't going to be consequences because too often people who do blatant um, wrongdoing, don't get held accountable for it, especially if they're in power. Um, and 
he definitely is someone who falls into that category of a person who was or is in power, um, who is what people call an elite. I try not to use that phrase too much, a little bit of an oversimplification, but you get the point. The people at the very top rarely get held accountable like this, and it's just crazy that it's kind of all now falling at the same moment in time. And it's interesting to watch, and of course, we will continue to uh, follow it very, very closely. Sean Hannity interviewed Donald Trump, and it was one of the most unhinged, brain-leaking-out-of-Trump's interviews I've seen. I mean, he floats maybe the wildest theory about the FBI raid I've heard, and I've heard some wild theories. So we're going to get to that moment. Really, really insane. But first, uh, this is him responding to the Letitia James lawsuit into him uh, or of him and his kids. The 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. Mr. President, good to see you. That was a very good job. Oh, thank, okay, so you've I get done that right. before. I have once in a while, but uh, a number of years. Thank you very much. So, your whole family—you saw the Letitia James Terrible. presser. Terrible. Okay. What was your reaction? Well, she campaigned on it four years ago. It was a vicious campaign, and she just talked about Trump and we're going to indict him. We're going to get him. She knew nothing about me. I never heard of her. But I saw this woman, I saw the statement she was putting out without knowing anything. And she said, we're going to get him. That Her whole campaign was based on that. And uh, then she came after us. We've been going over this for years. And I actually thought, because our values are really high, the company is great. I built a great company. You take places like this, so many other places that I have, like this, frankly. I mean, just the, the among the finest places anywhere in the world. I actually thought that they would never bring a case and she brought it. And the reason I thought, because she didn't have a case, uh, I was of the impression she wanted to settle. But I had a problem because how do you pay something? This is such broken, you know, weirdly jumbled together English. Please put together a good, normal English statement, Trump. Even if it's a small amount of money, if you're not guilty, this was just a continuation of a witch hunt that began when I came down the escalator at Trump Tower with our, who would know, our great future first lady who's done a great job and people love her. But we came down the escalator and it started. But I'm so proud of what we did. We're the strongest border. <laughs> the strongest border in the world. Uh, okay, that relates to your fraudulent business practices, how? Okay, and then uh, here is him responding to uh, Sean Hannity's question about the FBI raid. How did you find out about it? What was your response to that? Take a look. Let's talk about where we are right now. We're at Mar-a-Lago. Right. Where were you when you heard that your personal home was being raided? And what did you think? Uh, I was in New Jersey. I got a call in the morning from somebody that's here. You know, person works. Sir, the FBI just came in. I said, what? The FBI who? And they go, the FBI. And I said, <laughs> how many FBIs are there? <laughs> Which FBI? How many people? Many, many people, sir. Many, many people. And I couldn't believe it. And they wanted to do it quietly, silently. And I said, what do you mean silent? They're not silent because I watched the way they were so horrible to so many people that you know and that I know that are good people where they just attacked them in the house. And they wanted to do it quietly. I think and we forget how incoherently he talks. I'm just remembering it over and over in this. And I think it's a sign of him being particularly nervous whenever he just starts making no sense, uh, even more no sense than he normally makes. So then here's this wild theory that he floated that truly might 
take the cake for the wildest uh, conspiracy about the FBI raid. He said, maybe the FBI, the FBI is raiding Mar-a-Lago. They did this to find Hillary Clinton's emails. I know you think that I'm kidding. Take a look. I would say there's a very good chance that a lot of those documents will never be seen again. There's also a lot of speculation because of what they did, the severity of the FBI coming and raiding Mar-a-Lago. Were they looking for the Hillary Clinton emails that were deleted, <laughs> but they are around someplace? Guys, it's crazy. The, the obsession with connecting everything back to that is incredible. The reason why the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago was to find Hillary Clinton's emails. Were they looking for the wait, wait, spying on Trump? You had it. Did, did no, no. They may be saying they no. may have thought that it was that in did. there. Okay. And a lot of people said the only <laughs> thing that would give the kind of severity that they showed by actually coming in and raiding with many, many people is the Hillary Clinton deal, the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff, or. I mean, there are, there are a number of things. The spying on Trump's campaign. So they spied on my campaign. Guys, so he's falling apart. <laughs> the spying on Trump's campaign, talking about himself in the third person. And then finally, uh, here is Trump saying that he could declassify documents just by thinking about it. There's no official process. I can just think about it and they'll declassify. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Because I, I think this is the next logical question, because the president of the United States, you, unlike, say, Hillary Clinton, in her case, right. a president has the power to declassify. Correct. OK. You had said on Truth Social a number of times you did de declassify. I did declassify, yes. OK. W is there a process? What was your process to declassify? It doesn't have to be a process, as right. I understand it. You know, there's different people say different right. things. But as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it, because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. And there doesn't have to be a process. There can Why is be a process. striking me so much in this particular interview? He talks like a little baby. This is not how normal adult people speak. This is freaking me out. I know I've heard him talk like this before, but for some reason it's all hitting me at once. But there doesn't have to be. You're the president. You make that decision. So when you send it, it's declassified. We, I declassified everything. Now I declassified things and we were having a lot. <laughs> what is happening? Okay. <laughs> So first of all, what would be the purpose of declassification if you could do it by thinking about it? Then how would anyone know if the documents are classified or not classified? There's some process. Otherwise, there's no point to those labels because the only reason you have them is so that other people know how to deal with the document. They know who has access to it, etc. So just to say, oh, I thought about it. So then magically it became declassified. It makes no sense. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Trump, I know, is picking up on the hot water that he's in and the inevitable nature to him receiving justice. I really do think it's inevitable now. Too many things are headed his way. Too many investigations, too many things coming down the pipes. And that's good because we do need to start setting a precedent in our country where regardless of how powerful, regardless of how wealthy, you get held accountable for wrongdoing. So for Trump, whether it's the fraudulent business practices or the attempt to overturn the 2020 election, he does need to be held accountable. And hopefully that is what we're about to see. It seems like each step of the way um, as we approach it 
is in line with that being the future we're headed towards. Uh, but really crazy moment we're in and bizarre interview there from Donald Trump. Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin is someone I really like. Um, and he's very, very good at communicating, has some impactful speeches he's given before um, on the House floor and stuff like that. And I have a moment for you from him where he just brings the House down and breaks down just the dishonest nature of the Republican Party in the way they've dealt with the January 6th committee investigation. Because at the beginning, it was attempted to be one thing where it would be um, bipartisan, they would have a say in it, and they just kept not... Uh, participating. They kept trying to block this process because Trump was telling them to. And it led to a situation where the January 6th committee that we're familiar with uh, was born. And then they complained about that not being bipartisan enough or not having their voices heard. Well, that's because you refused to participate, pe- participate previously. Um, so here is this just incredible rant by Jamie Raskin of the minority leader, Mr. McCarthy, and after we went back and conveyed our agreement to the GOP proposal, it was vetoed well, the by the fourth branch of government. I'm not yielding now. Just it was point. vetoed by the cult leader, Donald Trump, who said he wanted no investigation at all. That's your guy. Donald Trump, he said he wanted no investigation. And so you pulled the plug on the investigation you originally advocated because Donald Trump didn't want it. Let's tell some truth. Yes. So, uh, so often they said, we just, we just want to know the facts about, you know, January 6th. We just wanted to investigate it. And then, boom, they dropped it because Trump, uh, said so. You're talking about truth effects. I'm giving you the truth. Just don't I'm giving you the facts about it. And then when Speaker Pelosi said, well, in that case, the House of Representatives will conduct our own investigation. Then again, you guys boycotted it because you wanted to put pro-insurrection members on the committee. And so we ended up with a bipartisan committee of people really interested in getting to the facts. And you know what? This is what you guys can't stand. America listened to it because we had real congressional hearings. Unlike what goes on here with the temper tantrums and the diatribes, And too often our side gets pulled into what you guys are doing. But we had real hearings and 25, 30 million Americans watching because we told the truth about Donald Trump's assault on democratic institutions and the right to vote in America. And maybe you can't handle the truth, but that's the reality. And nobody has laid a glove on any of the testimony that has come out during those hearings. So we hear this absurd whining about Ray Epps, who has absolutely nothing to do with any of it. And all of these conspiracy theory allegations have been debunked up and down, up and down. You think you've got something? You bring him in and talk to him or send us a letter or do something. But why don't you deal with the reality of the situation? Do you think that Donald Trump tried to get the Secretary of State of Georgia, a lifelong Republican named Raffensperger to just find him 11,781 votes? Is that real or is that fake? You interested in facts? Is that real or is that fake? You think, you think Donald Trump? Are you offering to to yield now? The gentleman has expired. Okay, I'm just saying, I I would like a serious response to our hearings because. The time of the gentleman has expired. Wow. I just love that so much because one of the strategies of some of these bad faith Republicans is to block certain processes or block certain things from happening and then complain about the fact that those things didn't happen. 
So in this case, they said, oh, we need just a good, you know, investigation to what went on so that the Democratic Party can't make up lies about it. Well, they tried to do a completely, uh, independent investigation that was blocked. Then they tried to do a House investigation that they offered Republican spots on. Then most of them, um, did not participate. And so then you got the one that had Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, but none of the more, uh, MAGA Republicans, obviously. And then they complained about that. And from the outside, sometimes that can be confusing because you might think the criticism of, oh, if this is a Democratic Party led a committee or this is just a witch hunt because it is led by Democratic Party or the Democratic Party or Nancy Pelosi uh, sanctioned it or whatever it is. Uh, but you may have missed or forgotten the behind the scenes of the Republicans pretty much making it to where that was the only option. And then they'll throw all these different theories at the wall as Raskin was identifying and scream about very small little aspects of the broader picture that they want to uh, look at super, super intensely. And before it's had a chance to be debunked, you're like, okay, cool, let's look into it. And then oftentimes it's debunked. Um, but then they refuse to look at the blatant screaming, you know, red alarm light, obvious things that were done uh, wrong that is being, you know, identified and screamed about by people like Jamie Raskin. And the example he's talking about that is so crucial, that is so important, and is so obviously wrong is Trump calling the Georgia Secretary of State and saying, I need you to find me 11,000 votes. No, the President of the United States can't call a state official and try to get them to find 11,000 votes for him. That is completely inappropriate, wrong, and an attempt to overturn the result of an election. So... Great moment there by Jamie Raskin and more people in the Democratic Party need to be as effective as he is uh, at communicating those messages. Marjorie Taylor Greene went after Mitch McConnell and I'll show you this moment. It's very interesting to see the kind of completely unhinged, uh, far, 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 far right part of the Republican Party attack the more establishment but still very conservative part of the Republican Party. Um, and it is beneficial for the Democratic Party because if they are divided, if they can't build a good coalition, then the, the Democratic Party will have a better chance of defeating them. So here is Marjorie Taylor Greene going after Mitch McConnell. Pulling his support and pulling money from backing Blake Masters for Senate. And he's doing that because Blake Masters is not the type of senator Mitch McConnell wants in Washington. But Arizona has an opportunity that only they can pull off. If they elect Blake Masters and send him to the Senate here in Washington, D.C., they are going to be cutting the head off the snake and defeating Mitch McConnell, the rhino that has controlled the Senate for years now. This is the... Mitch McConnell is pulling his... Okay, uh, cutting the head port oh, off of the snake. Um, There's Mitch McConnell, I guess. Wow. So as I said, this is beneficial for the Democratic Party's uh, ambitions. This is going to help the left if the right is more divided and going after one another. But it reminds me of something I've talked about before, which is that the moderate Republicans within the Republican Party need to be as aggressive with the radical part as the radical is with them and needs to have the same level of kind of uh, strict litmus tests 
as again the radical wing does now before i continue explaining that let me just make clear mitch mcconnell is not a reasonable republican mitch mcconnell has done so much negative damage to the country over the last number of years since he's been in power. He really is a, a terrible uh, politician and is not someone we want leading uh, the country or anything like that. Absolutely horrible. Um, but now in this wild world we live in, he's more towards the reasonable side than I guess Marjorie Taylor Greene is. So then I have to use that word in association with him, which makes me feel weird. But it is a phenomenon that people who are more close to the center than the far, far right, unhinged MAGA people, they don't take the hard moral stands against the MAGA people as the MAGA ones do with them. And so we've seen in elections where uh, if the radical candidate lose, loses in the primary, they'll go, don't support you know the person who defeated me, don't support the other uh, more establishment Republican, and it'll be really damaging to them in the general. But the moderates don't ever do that with the radical ones. If the radical person or the MAGA person wins in the primary, the Republican Party gets behind them. And so then you see a situation where Mitch McConnell is being berated by Trump, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and a lot of the uh, MAGA camp. But Mitch McConnell is not fleeing back the level of aggression because he knows it will cause a meltdown of his party and they won't be able to build coalitions. And it just shows you, as long as we have people who are in the Republican Party and are totally fine allowing the worst elements of it to stay, um, you know, accepted, then we're not going to see that movement pass. That is going to stay the dominant voice within the Republican Party. And again, I want to say, even if the Marjorie Taylor Greens weren't there, Mitch McConnell would still be working to prevent progress every single day. Um, and that's what he did previously before Marjorie Taylor Greene or uh, Matt Gates or Trump were relevant. But if we do want to get back to a time where at least people recognize whenever someone wins an election, which again, Mitch McConnell uh, did recognize Biden's win, where people aren't completely against the democratic process um, in the most overt way, even though we've seen voters freshen for a very long time, but in a very overt way, then we do have to start forcing these Republicans to take as strong of a stand against them as they do, as the radical people do, um, to the more establishment people. So there it is, Marjorie Taylor Greene declaring war on Mitch McConnell um, and saying the snake's head needs to be cut off. Yikes. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. I will see you all tomorrow.